Spread the good word of Malort to the gospel of Malort. I am holding my back from I'm holding myself back from my statement right there. But as Tommy's pouring these shots of Malort, I talked about how we have an extremely special guest with us. I'm actually gonna hold off on the name for a minute. But Tom, indeed, you already know, as you pour Malort all over my keys and onto your little cute table tray here. (laughs) I don't know what to call that. Let's leave that up to your imagination for all those wondering what that could possibly look like. So, coming to you live from my apartment, this is the Sons of Hanarchy podcast with your hosts... Hot Take Tommy. That's right, you are Hot Take Tommy, and I am Drunk Shy Sox fan, even though you're more drunk than I am. <laughs> On this episode, we talk about what it takes to make a winning slash World Series club, and we have a very, very special guest today, which we will not disclose until later on in the episode. All of this brought to you by us. And we can talk about that later. Moving on, I do want to preface this episode with something that I wanted to talk about so badly. Please. Last episode. Okay. Now, obviously, we're watching the White Sox right now. They had a 2-0 lead to start this game. Reynaldo Lopez has since coughed up three runs. Uh, he's getting himself out of the bottom of the fifth right now. Yep. Uh, after giving up a, a big... Uh, multi-base hit. Now, here we go. What is holding us back hmm. from getting to the World Series in a few years, Tom? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the goal, right? We're 2020 vision for some people. I don't think that's realistic. I like that. Maybe I like 2021. That phrase, though. I like that phrase a 2020 a vision is hilarious. I love that. Hindsight. Hansight. Hansight. <laughs> 2020 vision. I think that's somebody's Twitter account, too. I got to give him credit on that one. That's really I can good. I give him a shout out. Um, for m- what's holding us back from being a World Series contender? Because if you ask me, this team isn't and won't be good enough to win a World Series with what they have, even in the minor leagues. Well, you know what they're missing? TWTW. Oh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Told you this night was getting weird. <laughs> no, I. I mean, I don't think it has anything to do with that, honestly. I it's it's two free agent, three free agent acquisitions away. So like, you agree, really, this team really isn't and doesn't have enough, do, isn't enough, uh, doesn't have enough in the even in the minor league system to get them to where they want to be, which is a World Series title. I mean, I think I think the whole of White Sox Nation is aware, like, you know, especially with to, if this year we made a wild card push. Even with like pieces in the uh, farm system still, then the answer would be different. But but we did. We're going to be a seventy win team. Okay, you didn't listen. You didn't let no, me finish. I know. <laughs> but continue. So b- that being said, we we did not make a wild card push, right? Which changes everybody's minds and changes the mind of the front office as well, saying this team is not enough, even with help coming. Okay. Which there is help coming. There is. But it's still, we're still a 70, maybe 72 win. We could win out. It's 12 games left. We could be an 80 win team. <laughs> no, that's not, the math doesn't check Extremely out. Extremely realistic. <laughs> 11 game win streak. Yep. So, oh no, even if they win out. Yeah, exactly. They are, they are so, 
and I'll bring that up in another episode, but my over-under for the year was 74. If they went out, and I said 70, over. 74 win team. Ooh. Let's go, baby. There we go. <laughs> Prove like, Steve wrong, White Sox, please. <laughs> so. Mostly for the bet for now, me. Now, <laughs> obviously, I want to talk about this a little bit, and we'll talk about this more with our guest. But mm. comparing ourselves to other teams around the MLB, which obviously isn't fair because we're in the middle of a rebuild, but if we're going to look at a model, right? Top six power-ranked teams in the MLB, according to most, you know, like an ESPN or other baseball blogs. ESPN is bullshit. Other baseball blogs, too. Most of these teams, or all of these teams, have at least seven guys with an OPS over 100 and or four starters with a whip below 1.4, ERA right. plus above 110. Now, I will say I think... This day and age of baseball is a little different because the top talent, the top tier talent is really skewed. Mm-hmm. Like the bad teams are really freaking bad. That's honestly very true. And the good teams are really freaking good. Now, that's I don't think that's going to be here to stay in my humble opinion. I think as soon as like um you know, a couple cycles of like people trying to rebuild doesn't work. People will fall off of this like completely tank or and then go for a, a series and completely tank and then go for a series. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I still think that wild card baseball is is fun to watch. You know, like the Rays or the A's or that rhymed. I didn't mean it to rhyme. It's just that's what's happening that's in baseball cute. right now. <laughs> like that's still fun baseball to watch. But all that being said, I think that does skew that stat saying like um, the best player, you have to have this many players with over a thousand OPS. I think that is not necessarily true. Cause you look like, are we going to be a wild card contender next year? Maybe. Will we be the year after that? Probably. And is wild card enough? Sure it is. The playoffs is a whole new season unto itself. Right? I, I agree with that. I am a firm believer that wild card teams, especially if they catch hot. Especially if they're the San Francisco Giants. It, oh, God. If you bring up the Giants one more time <laughs> in this podcast, I'm going to lean over and start throwing hands. I'm saying. This. Okay, so I, uh, we, I wonder where your fandom is at at some point. <laughs> Especially with your Houston Astros jersey during 2005. Okay, I was a child, ladies moving and gentlemen. A child. On. Moving on. Yes, old enough for responsibility. Now, okay, well, we can put a Twitter poll out we will that. Get, so All those people on White Sox Twitter who have kids, are your 10-year-old children old enough for responsibility? On topic here. Future hitting, right? Yeah. Moncada, Eloy... A first baseman that will hit above, you know, Jose 100 Abreu. OPS, whether that is... Jose our, Abreu? Stop. What? For the ne- in a couple years. In a couple years? Jose Abreu? Okay, moving on. No, he'd be a DH at that point. He'd, in two years, he's a DH. <laughs> yes. Robert, TA, maybe one other prospect based on luck. You're still up below that seven guys at that OPS plus of being above 100, above league average in OPS. Because yeah. Madrigal isn't going to hit above 100 OPS 
unless he has a really good year. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't and know. Future pitching is a huge question mark too. So it is. If you're the White Sox, if you where where, oh, where do you start? <laughs> where do you start, Tom? I start with um, you know just a high quality free agent um, batting coach. Um, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but I, that's that's a joke. But I'm serious. Yeah. Like we we need. We, gotta go. I don't. Keep I was thinking about it. this. Okay, we'll we'll get there. But what, where I would really start as far as positions go, um, and I, I've been I've been saying this ish for forever. You need a right fielder, and mm-hmm. you need a DH, and you need a um, freaking starting pitcher. And I think it, in in my mind, it's it's actually in the order of DH. I want most. Um, then right right fielder, then starting pitcher. Because um, I'm still okay with them giving a lot of reps in the next year to all the newbies. And Dane Dunning will be coming up next year. Um, Rodon will be back in June. Um, Kopech will be back uh, before spring training. Um, so, like, those, all those guys are kind of unproven. And then Giolito's going to be sticking around. And then, you know, you just... You can piecemeal something together um, to get you through the first couple months. And for God's sake, if they... I know they will never do this, but just use an opener. Just until you have five starters that you can count in. And honestly, you brought up two really good points that I do want to hit on. Yeah. Okay? My preference is right. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I yes, brought up two I, really good points. Here we go. All right. So whoa, whoa. You, first up, you bring up uh, no. I always bring up good points. Steve just up, doesn't know that I do. Oh my god, <laughs> he's just the first time he's admitted it. So it must be the mo- it must be the Malort shots. So let's get him another one. He'll agree with me the whole podcast. <laughs> I'll have another. So I'll have another. <laughs> so here we go. I'm gonna uh, a big Twitter follow right here on White Sox Twitter. Brian Billick. I'm sure you've heard about him. He oh. did a podcast with the 108 actually yep. within the last couple months. He said, uh, this is his pinned tweet. If you don't actually. follow him, follow him now. You should. Uh, he's a good, it's a good follow. Now, he, this came out a couple months ago. He said, White Sox future building blocks really taking shape. Vaughn at first, Madrigal at second, Yohan at third, Tim at short. Still questioning that. You're a boy at left, Robert so in center, but he left right field blank. And I think that's Fair. the huge yeah. question mark, right? It is. Um, yeah, I know. John Jay. I'm going to punch you. <laughs> now, I know that Blake Rutherford heated up in double-A this, which is this year. In the at summer, the end, which is near the end. At the end of the, the year. End, yeah. Yep, absolutely. Um, and you do have a plethora of outfield prospects, but none of them are really panning out in, in the ways that you would really hope. Rutherford right. maybe being that one exception. I know Mike Rodolfo has had a ton of injury problems. Yeah. Um, Once he comes... It's, it's tough to say, but if he could come back from that... Um, yeah. Because he could probably start hitting before... I mean, he's a huge power hitter. Don't get me wrong. And that's what I'm saying is I think he could start hitting before he goes back and playing like... So he could be on a tr- clock to come back in like yeah. nine months as opposed to but like But I think a right year. field is, if you ask me, that's the number one area that I think yeah. we should improve on in the offseason. Uh, Nick Castellanos. But I'm leaving it there. Um, now It's fresh. We got a Tiger it's fan It's true. We got room. a Tiger fan sitting right next to me. Now, he also brought up, and you brought this up too in regards to the starter... The, Although I sh- we should opener. pause and say, yes, we did say we have a Tiger fan in the room. We do. Hey, that's dedication right there. A listener. You know, two of our biggest listeners are a Tigers fan and a Twins fan, if that tells you anything. Because we're amazing. 
that we're that damn good. Now, <laughs> he also brought up back to the Brian Billick tweet. Yes, he yes, also yes, brought up <laughs> four starters: Giolito, Kopech, Cease, and Dunning. So, I mean, that's Giolito, Kopech, Cease, and Dunning. Now, Dunning comes back, comes back healthy. He's got that kind of talent, um, which is leaving off the list. Which Raylo. I still love. Yeah, and I still love the ideas. Raylo being that fifth starter, or even. As an opener, we've noticed that he, he can doesn't go well three. deep. He, can he go went, he did two innings, three innings. Yeah, he can do yeah. it. And the, the thing about opening is it it's takes his the pressure time. off of you. And something that it has been talked about is his third time through the order is crap. Right. So because he's only got bingo. one friggin' and pitch. I think that brings up your closer idea with Raywell. Thank you. I like the idea of him being an opener. Okay, well, so, if he opens, then you can, over the next couple of years, fit him into in the, the closer the sixth. role. Oh, God. All right. He's got it. He's got Sending it. Sending prayers. Uh, Literally, though. And so. another name he left off the list, and all you haters are leaving off the list, Carlos Rodon. He's Why? gone, Tom. Why? He's gone. Why? He was his time is he passed. was pitching like an ace in April. He was not pitching. Like he an was. Ace. He Look literally at the was. Damn statistics. He was Tommy. injured for the second month and he didn't know it. Look up it, uh, the uh, advanced uh, to statistics. To statistics. I do this every I, time when I'm drinking as I trip over the word statistics. I know. I know. And that's so perfect because you're hilarious. the only one who's talking about Great. statistics. Because they're important. Look. What look. else do you look at? Are you judging off of heart? Are you judging off of how he's going out there and composing himself on the month? Yes. That. Doesn't matter though. Doesn't matter. Damn, it does you. matter. God, okay. yes, statistics matter. Okay. Statistics don't but matter. You're gonna throw Adam Engel out there and hit. No, every he's not gonna. Day. He's not All gonna. Right, Tommy. He's gonna be our DH. Actually, so, Adam Engel is the DH solution for next the year. Whole but Lopez I, thing. I'm, no, I'm not even talking about Lopez. Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon Take next year after why? Why? Because he he's the been whole in the time for how long? He's and had the so many whole time and he hasn't proven himself. Okay. He's needed to just tear his arm up and rebuild it, which is what he's doing this year. You know what? Why not? All the best to the Why? guy. I hope he pans out. Not. Maybe I'm writing. Oh, I don't believe maybe, you hope he pans out. Maybe I'm writing him off too soon. You are. But I think he's got, gr- uh, at his best, his amazing stuff. I just don't know about him going into the future, especially if you're going to put as much stock as you are in guys like Kopech and Cease and Dunning. Well, here's the thing. You're putting a ton of stock in Kopech and uh, Kopech and Dunning specifically, who are both people who have gone through Tommy John surgery. You're putting a million times what you're putting in Carlos Rodon. He's going through the same situation, but you're just writing him off. And I think it's not. I'm I'm saying I'm calling you out for this right now, but I'm I'm talking about all of White Sox Nation. What's the deal? What's the deal? Well, one is twenty eight. 29? No, he's 27. Okay. We can we can check, check it. We can check it, but Fact keep going. Keep that. going. Keep going. And the other two are our top-notch prospects that have blown through the minor leagues and one has even proven themselves to be a solid starter on the major leagues. He's 26. Carlos Rodon is 26 years old, born in 1992. I want to shake all of White Sox Twitter because I think that's the number one player that people like shit on and then write okay. off. And it's like he is, there's no reason for people to do I'll be so. 100% honest with you, especially since you're a big ERA and whip guy. Yeah. It's his worst year ERA and whip since his rookie season. Uh, actually, this worst year? ERA. Uh, whip is right on point with it. This uh, year his was? Hits, yep, his hits nine. And I know you're going to bring up the injury. Uh, hits nine was the second highest in his career. 
uh, home run per nine. The dude was, was using right in the middle. a uh, bum walks arm. per nine was second highest. Um, the yeah, guy was using a bum right arm. Now. I don't know why that those sh- you can't use that against a guy who's playing injured every he's time. Not, Tom, Tom, Tommy John surgery. He's not going to play through an injury that badly. Obviously, and he, he did, and he did start. for <laughs> no. That's yes. not how it works. They, if so. you listen to one of the interviews, uh, all the interviews that you talk about people who are about to go through John, Tommy John, it's like, I just didn't have the break on it. And I like was playing through what I thought was regular soreness every time out. And then I realized after this one start that went really, really poorly, I knew something was actually wrong. But it was something that I'd been playing with. Okay. Every Everybody I've heard interview about Tommy John surgery says exactly where that. Where I'm at, here's where I'm gonna, where I'm going to stand. I'm not going to put my faith in a guy that had a 519 ERA this year um, and has a career 408 ERA over. But here's the thing: you don't need to. You don't need starts. him to be an ace. You don't need him to be an ace, right? He's your number four overall draft, or number three, or number four overall draft At pick this, this season. At this point, you do not need him to be an ace. You need him to just. If are he's you going to pay him ace money? He's a he's a Boris agent. He's a Boris. Bor- he's a Bor- Boris agent. He's a Boris no. client. No, he's not. He is. He's a Boris client. Oh. So, you gonna pay him Scott Boris money? So, Tom, huge guest tonight. You want to introduce him? Do you want me to introduce him? I mean, you've been leaving it out there, like, tantalizingly, all podcasts. I think you have to say it. All right. So, he is a rookie to White Sox Twitter, as, as are we. both of us are. Uh, I started middle of last season. You started this season. Halfway into this season? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, legitimately. Um, but with that being said, we have a White Sox Twitter rookie on with us tonight. Super stoked for it. Uh, really great stuff that he comes out with. Always has good, pretty good takes, except for I'm going to bring up his Yonder Alonzo take tonight. Uh, I will uh, we'll bring that up in a minute. But we have Shy Sox Hayes. Shy Sox Hayes. On with us tonight. Hayes. Uh, great follow on Twitter. If you don't uh, really follow him, guy. follow him now. And he's a super big supporter of this podcast, and we're so happy to have him on board. So with that being said, let's transition into that, Tom. And we'll pour more shots. More shots, indeed. My lord! <laughs> Brian, what are your thoughts on Malort? Uh, you know, I haven't really had the pleasure yet. No Ooh. way. I haven't had the wow. I have not. I am, wow, I'm a little bit blown away. If you are <laughs> at a Sox game, the the... Last weekend, I think. Did you say you're going to be at the park? Yes, I'm going to try to get out there at least once and look like uh, maybe the dog day to close things out, right? Okay, that'll be good. Good, good. So I'm pretty sure they've got they've got the full service bar in right field. They do 108. They do. They should have. They should have more back there. So if you're out there, I owe you a shot of more. Most definitely. We'll make sure to meet out there for sure. So, all right now. 
Joining us on the podcast tonight, Tom, is the one, the only Shy Sox Hayes. Hayes, how you doing? Good. Good, guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I know you're a regular listener of the podcast. We're super happy to have you on. I do want to give a quick shout out to your nephew. Um, I'm not sure you haven't told me his name, but I do want to say I'm very, very thrilled that, um, you know, I was just at Riot Fest this weekend and there's a funny phrase. Wu-Tang Clan was there and they say Wu-Tang is for the children. Uh, we like to believe that Sons of Honarchy is for the children That's as well. So, <laughs> Yeah, no, it does make our day, though, when we see the tweets where you're saying like, oh, nephew is just like thrilled that we dropped one. That always makes my day. It's fun because he's coming of the age where he's really understanding baseball. Right. Um, so we get to talk about a lot of the topics on the show. Most definitely. Hey, and that's what we're here for. You know, we're here to bring Sox fans together. We're here to, uh, you know, talk about the game, you know, yeah. BS around a little bit and have it's, a good time. Too. It's 100% so. like, for I think for most Sox fans, it's a lot of it is family first. Like, that's the reason why we're into it in the first place. And so that's why it's a huge deal when we see stuff like that. For sure. It really is in our unique fandom. <laughs> yes, unique and painful Ooh. fandom. Speaking <laughs> of unique and and painful at times fandom, <laughs> I do have to ask Hayes, when and how did you become a White Sox fan? Because that's always an interesting question to ask people when I when I you know first talk to them about White Sox baseball. Growing up in the South suburbs, it was kind of natural, um, and my dad's family was all a long line of Southside Irish Sox fans. Um, but what clinched it was probably. When I was four or five, the memories of going to my first game. And then, you know, from there, just the ability to watch on TV. And and here we are years later, one World Series later, and hopefully more. Yeah, right. yeah seriously. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, I don't want to date you at all, but when you're talking about your first <laughs> game, going four to five years old, what year would that be? Who would be on the field at that time? 79 in 80 oh. uh, it was somewhere around there chet lemon era <laughs> lamar johnson is what i remember when nice. i seen that, that night at the game against the then some people don't even remember california angels oh yeah oh wow <laughs> so yeah, that was for i'm 45 so that was probably 79 or 80 okay My parents aren't sure <laughs> <laughs> i love that do you yeah. remember if they won the game I don't remember if they won the game. Hey, that's okay. Honestly, if he can help me find it. Yeah, right. We got to get who's researching that. Let's get fact check on that over there. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) He's too busy scrolling through. I don't even know what. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Now we know that your White Sox fandom goes deep. Hayes. Um, Now I know one of your earliest tweets when you were first on White Sox Twitter, you said something in regards to, your, your favorite socks, you just said best socks ever, like best sex ever. Um, <laughs> um, now, talk to us about being on the field at the 83 clincher. We had the opportunity to go down to the field with a good friend and his dad who found a police officer he knew that gave us, I can't even remember, I, we didn't have tickets, we had a pass to get in. And we ended up sitting really close. As soon as Harold Baines fly ball went out to center and you get that feeling it's going to be deep enough. I can just remember Julio Cruz scoring 
saying, let's go. And they let everybody out into the outfield <laughs> uh, at that time. I don't think that's ever going to happen again. Probably. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. I can't. And that's the most Chicago answer ever. Like, oh, we kind of like knew side. this, like uh, there was a cop and that we kind of knew and he got us passes. There weren't even tickets. They just. <laughs> that's amazing. Exactly right. I love that story. That's, I mean, I can't believe you were down there. Um, so to continue, to continue uh, rolling through these. Now, um, obviously, your favorite Twitter follow would be us, uh, Drunk Shy Sox fan and Hot Take Tommy. But outside of that, outside of that, who would you think is like the most quality person to follow on Twitter? Hmm, there's, there's just so many. Um, I was drawn to White Sox Twitter by some of the things the, from the 108 we're doing. Right. Uh, and I'm kind of drawn to the way that uh, Beef Loaf looks at baseball mm-hmm. and puts it together. <laughs> so I, I would say probably that he would be who I'm, who would be my favorite follow, but there's just so many, you know. For uh, sure. For sure. Beef yeah. Loaf, I, the 108 guys are definitely a big reason why I think we're All doing us, what we're right? doing. <laughs> I mean, they've been doing this for a while. You know, they're always at the park. They're a great presence, and they're just great guys to be around. So, shout out to the guys, you know, in the 108, obviously. Yeah. Sure. Seriously. And it's just, it is funny when you say beef loaf out loud, just in general, like and trying <laughs> to be serious, but it's like you're saying beef loaf as a human being. <laughs> I honestly couldn't tell you his real first name. No, I don't. I, I, we've met him, but <laughs> there it is. Um, well, yeah, no, I I, to- I couldn't agree more. The 108 guys are like, that's probably exactly what you said, the reason why we're doing what we're doing in the first place. So For sure. And, and I mean, that's what makes it fun to meet the fans is you see a personality on Twitter, then meet somebody. Yeah. It's a brand new you know, opportunity to talk to Sox in a little different way. Absolutely. I mean, we had I, I've had the huge privilege of meeting not only somebody, you know, at the, a few people this year at the park, uh, but also meeting somebody on the road in Atlanta uh, who was a, a new follow and a new listener of the podcast. And I, I didn't even have a Sons of Honarchy shirt on, but I was just wearing my regular socks gear and guy comes up to me. He's like, hey, are you a drunk shy socks fan? And I'm like, yeah, I am. Like, what? Like, what's going on? Um, so that was and just such a drunk cool shy Sox fan was drunk at the time. So <laughs> did have a few. I beers saw the well. picture. That was great. Absolutely, was so cool, super cool moment for sure. And I, I think that's what makes White Sox Twitter so special. Um, is like, you know, th- those connections that you can make. Is is there anything else? Uh, we were talking earlier on the podcast about how. This is our rookie season as a as a podcast, and this is uh, your rookie season on White Sox Twitter. So, what what has that meant to you, other than more so than just the connections too? It's been a really good opportunity to uh, talk socks, test some theories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I've actually learned a lot about baseball, almost to the point where maybe I'm getting a little confused <laughs> about yeah, what fair. I thought I know. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, in relation to the, how the game is looked at a little bit differently now through some of the advanced stats, but it's been a, just a great learning experience um, and really a good chance to talk socks with people from all over the world. 
It's so true. Yeah. I mean, the guy that I met in Atlanta was from North Carolina. So shout out to our North Carolina Sox fan out there. Yeah. Um, honestly, and I, I couldn't agree more. It's just like it's it's really cool to see the connections. But the that thing where you're testing out theories, like most of mine get shot down, but it's fun to test them <laughs> out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, so uh, here going into going into baseball talk for a quick second here. Um, we've been talking recently about uh, what acquisitions because we're kind of turning toward the off season at this point, sadly, um, but. How many acquisitions do you think uh, we would need to make this team a contender? And where would you start? Would you start with, uh, you know, I won't put words in your mouth, actually. You go ahead. I have a four-player wish list, um, starting with, I just think, to be serious about competing, they need to add a top-of-the-rotation starting pitcher. Yeah. You know, if not called, maybe a or Drazi, or however you pronounce it. Yeah, Odorizzi. Um, Odorizzi, absolutely. That would be great. And then, you know, I'd like to see an Anthony Rendon. So, but somebody like him, you know, him and then another pure DH. So two guys who can really hit the ball hard uh, into the gaps and out of the park. And then fourth on that wish list would be another starting pitcher that has some, has a successful track record. Someone like a Cole Hamels, maybe. Mm-hmm. Ooh, interesting. Keep him in so Chicago. Would, yeah, somebody like that that can stabilize the rotation as you know the younger guys come back and establish themselves. I like that a lot. Where here's my thing that I've this is the thing something that I've been kicking around whenever anybody talks about Rendon is what would you do with Moncada in that place? Mind you, you would have second place second base open with Sanchez hopefully question mark leaving. Yeah. But <laughs> but like what would you what would you slot him in as? In in your if you were GM or Rick Renteria Hayes, how would you put it? I think I would if it's if it's just as easy as doing this, I think I'd put Moncada back at second. Okay, and you'd all right. Instantly have one of the best offensive infield. Most definitely, that's so true. And I mean, uh, defense doesn't ma- matter too much anyway. It's just like you know, just hit the ball out of the well, park. And-, <laughs> and I think that actually, it's really funny you bring that up, Tom, because that really transitions well to my next question. I mean, do you think that? I mean, I I'm sure you've listened to the last podcast uh, that we had, and we were discussing over Tim Anderson and his defensive woes. And discussing is we're not the only. Lightly. We were definitely arguing. We're not the only podcast that has brought mm-hmm. that up. Uh, we're also not the only podcast that has brought up the Loy. Uh, situation and left and he made a terrible throwing error today Uh, I mean Moncada could have kept his body in front of it but it was still awful Um, so do you think you know in regards to their respective positions do you think there's a solution or do you think their offensive numbers make up for these defensive mishaps I think as far as risk goes you have less risk with Eloy struggling defensively in left field Mm -hmm. absolutely Um, I've been most concerned it's more than defense with just he doesn't it looks unsafe with him being out there. You know, it looks like he might get hurt, but hopefully he can work True. through that. I mean he already um, has too. 
Yeah, it's true. It's, yeah, it know. has made major progressive steps to in regards to like getting in shape compared to like when you first signed with the organization. So, so it, it is. He's definitely. It could be a problem. They do have the late inning replacement solution. Yeah. In games, if it comes to that, yeah. Because I do believe the production is going to outweigh runs allowed for him. Yeah. And then with Tim Anderson, that's a tough call. He hits so much. He's struggling in the field. It seems like focus, but like guys were saying, there's some bad angles. Uh, Maybe he just Mm. hasn't had the instruction at shortstop that he could still get and continue to become better. Yeah, Um, right. But that could be a big problem because you can't just go and get that excellent second base or that excellent shortstop. If it, if it is a problem. And let's hope not, because, man, can he mash it. Yeah, right. absolutely. And he really does. I mean, he not only has contact power or contact numbers, but he also has power numbers. Um, one thing to think about, too, though, uh, that I do want to bring up and I failed to bring up on the last episode is Tim Anderson's BABIP numbers are extremely high, including I saw you actually made a tweet out to our good old buddy Chuck Garfine and referring to uh, how we have uh, we're in the lead for the highest BABIP, right, in the league. Um, so I'm almost worried that Tim's numbers might go a little bit, you know, might settle down a little bit. I don't know if he's going to be a, you know, 320, 330 hitter. So uh, with that being said, too, uh, do you think his no- offensive numbers could be better in a number, another position? And where possibly could would you put him? That is a great question, something – I don't really think I understand it about the major league level is how much are offensive numbers tied to um, the position they play. And, and you'd think, okay, let's, let's try them in outfield, but that's something that takes a lot of time too, judging fly balls. Um, True. So I don't really, I don't really know where the solution would be if he can't play shortstop on, on the white Sox. you know, as, as tough as that might be to say. Yeah. Um, what do you guys think about it? another possible solution for him, for position? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a really tough question. Um, I've thought about possibly putting him at second because it reduces his aggressiveness. Um, because you see a lot of the places he makes, and he's super aggressive, which is great because he goes and gets balls that possibly a lot of other guys wouldn't. But you also look at his... Um, his UZR numbers, which is, you know, advanced defensive metrics. Stuff and, that I will right. not understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you look at it, and he has barely above average um, range, technically, according to UZR stats, um, even though he's sometimes making these ridiculous plays because there's other balls that he's taking bad angles on, which you brought up. Which you brought up, yeah. Yep. Um, so I think second base would actually be a great filler for him. Uh, and I think... With that being said, there's a lot of – there's probability at shortstop. You could look at the Cleveland Indians not possibly signing Francisco Lindor um, if they Which don't. Which would be awesome. Yeah. If, you, if they don't, the Yankees would go after him. What would they do with Didi? Uh, and with that being said as well, there's uh, Elvis Andrews. Uh, Nobody cares who about possibly that, though could be a great defensive filler so these are just all probabilities in my head and it's hard to play the free agents game with what will be available and what won't be available so i will say this though um i'm always a huge tim anderson apologist obviously but 
he I don't know if you guys remember, he made that quote um at the beginning of the season. We by the way, uh Hayes, we're about to take a Malort shot because we're starting to do this now. Every time that uh <laughs> drunk shy Soxman says all that being said, uh we're gonna take a <laughs> shot because he says it all the freaking time. So here goes. So <sighs> I'll have another on. <laughs> um <laughs> But, okay, sorry about that quick interruption. Yeah, but I don't know if you guys remember, he said at the uh, when there was trade talks, or trade talks, um, uh, how do you say, Machado talks? Machado talks. He, was, he said, yeah. shortstop is mine, basically, come and take it. That was kind of, I don't know if you, I don't know what the exact quote was. Yeah. But I don't know if he would, how well would he take t- being pushed to second base or, or moved anywhere else in the infield or if we ended up moving to the outfield. I don't know if he would uh, his offensive production would suffer, if he would be grumpy or wh- I don't know how you how would you put that. But um, it would be I, I just think that would be a tough thing. And on top of that, like I think his created runs outweigh his um, runs costed. Uh, it just it does hurt the eyes a little bit sometimes watching him play defense, but I mean he's passable in my opinion. In my opinion, yes, and you do. You'd have to hope that in a playoff situation or a little more serious of a game situation, the focus would would be there a little more. Mm-hmm. Right, for sure, exactly. And even with base running errors, uh, uh, when I was in Atlanta. I think of that situation on that Sunday game when he stole third, when there was no reason to steal third. And I was actually speaking to that. Um, you know, I love you, Tim Anderson, but there was <laughs> he he um, ate dirt on a uh, when I was watching him at that game. It was a day game that Giolito pitched this past weekend week. I can't remember what day it was. Um, Tuesday. I don't know. I was there, yeah. but it was <laughs> it was kind of embarrassing just to see him just like eat dirt and then cost us a run as a result because he was coming around third at the time. So it's just like stuff like that yeah. where it's just like either focus or um, I, like just baseball IQ or whatever it is. Because you know I bring it up often. Like he didn't start playing for real until like his junior senior year of high school. So technically he's behind a lot of the guys that play major league baseball. Even though like yes he's young, but he's just like he's just behind in general. You know, anyhow, such a high ceiling, no, right? It's very true. You're so you're so very, right. Very true. The talent is unreal. Anyway, um, so, so next thing, next thing, um, we have a um, we don't have a pool going on this yet, but I think I want to get one started with you, Steve. Um, there's a there's ideas of who's gonna regress the most going into next year. Um, yeah. And we wanted to get your take on it. Uh, so who do you think, like this year, we've got a few people who are doing pretty good, uh, but into next year, who do you think is going to regress the most? I think the main concern would be a Akalame because he's been so near perfect so far. Wow, good take. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that would probably be most damage if he regressed a little bit that's true i mean honestly if you slide Ronaldo lopez into the closing role like i think we should but <laughs> that would Yo, solve oh all god <laughs> stop with that right now that is this they don't call him hot take tommy for nothing just remember that uh 
<laughs> but you're absolutely right. If that regression happened, which like it totally could, um, that would be really painful. Uh, dang. I, I don't have anything, yeah, any other tough. regression that would top that. Yeah, that is, I mean, it's so true, especially since I'm sure you follow guys such as these um, socks Machine guys, uh, Penals, and um, what's the other guy? Josh Nelson. Um, they're really big on, um, what's it, column is regression because of the advanced statistics. Uh, they look, they've looked at his FIP They've looked at his, I think, barrel rate, other things such as that. That and cutter, he's though. Getting hit extremely hard, or he's really, really depending on defense. So the column A thing, I really, it really didn't cross my mind, but I love that you brought that up. Uh, my guy is James McCann. I know that is my big one. Uh, we look at his offensive numbers throughout his career. I'll just run through it really quickly in regards to OPS. It goes like from year to year, it goes 63, 88, 69, 94, 57 the year before he came to the White Sox, and then 108. Funny. The that's good. Um, I didn't even know. <laughs> 108 this year so far. I don't know if that's with tonight's statistics added with this home run, but uh, it's, I mean, he's a three, three and a half war player this year, which is wild. Uh, and it's his first all-star appearance, and I'm just right. worried that, especially with this bab of numbers in well, the first half of the season, that the that's going to regress. Like uh, with McCann coming to the White Sox, what we just, well, all we did with him is just like pumped him with roids, and I think if we just do that with every acquisition, we'll be good, you know? <laughs> oh God, we have a thing with pumping catchers with roids, aka Welly. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> Here's the real Stop question. Were you, were you on the boycott beef bandwagon with me, Hayes? It's really hard not to be in the <laughs> development season. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know. Now, no. go ahead. No, no, that was it. That's it. All that I have on <laughs> Fair. That is totally fair. You don't need to say yeah. too much after that. Now, speaking of development seasons because we've been in them for the last two to three, technically three seasons, although yeah. we've had three straight really shitty seasons, 95, 100, and now whatever this, it's probably going to be close to 95 this year. Losses. And probably, well, maybe 90. Yeah. Um, are you able, one thing we talked about on the last podcast was taking solace in the future. Are, are you able to do that this season? Because I know I'm, I'm a little torn. Tommy can, but I'm yeah. a little torn. It it is been a roller coaster, but I think having bought in to the rebuild, mm -hmm. um, the solace is in the Moncadas, Anderson, Abreu, Eloy, yeah. yeah, Robert coming, yeah, uh, the controversial yet on his way magical, Dunning. I can take solace if they're able to move forward into 2020 and beyond wisely spending the money we all know they have mm, amen. to improve the team, uh, to improve the team to compete. Right. So there is some solace to be taken, but it, it is, it is, it is getting old, the old rebuild here. Yeah. Sure. And I think that's just, it is like, um, for me, I'm all I'm in the bandwagon of like uh, a rebuild's a rebuild. We all signed up for this. We know what what this was when we were going into it, and the page turn is coming next year. Um, so 
that being said, if it like, let's say the start of next year doesn't go. Uh, <laughs> so mm-hmm. did I just say all that being said? You did. You said oh, with that being said. Man. Okay, that's a, that's another shot. Drink. We're we're running. <laughs> he goes drink. <laughs> I love it. Oh man, uh, we're gonna be very drunk at the end of this. Okay. Um. So yeah, but. Thank you, thank you for like just echoing kind of where I'm at in terms of, uh, you know, it's getting old. Even even though I do take solace in the fact that like yeah, help's coming, um, but it's we we just we needed them to spend some money for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so la- last thing here, or, or second to last thing technically, um, who is your uh, breakout player or prospect to keep an eye on for next year. Um, and I don't say Luis Robert. <laughs> right. That would be like when I was younger, picking Frank Thomas as a pick the club. Right. No, seriously. You just can't Absolutely. anymore. It's not we eliminated fair. him. Um, but I, I think Cease, even though he's mm. here, I think he's the guy that wow. I'm really looking for to be the top of the rotation guy. Pretty soon, at some point next year, I think he's going to, I don't know if he'll turn around. Well, not really turn around like Giolito, but right. um, get to the Giolito level next year. But he, he just seems like he has that ace stuff. Oh, he really does. He really does. That, I, that would be um, cool to see. I think he needs that, that chill factor that he doesn't have re- just yet. And he's going to learn it. But once he gets there, like once he's got the composure on the mound, I think... This is the thing that weirds me out about Cease is everybody said he's like always oh, in a meditation, so he's like the chillest guy. And then I see him after he like gives up a bad inning, he like gets off, steps off the mound, is like he's just very emotional. emotional. And that's, I mean, that's that's typical of a rookie. And I, he's gonna learn the process of being being a major league pitcher and learning how to use his stuff the best. I mean, you you look at ace pitchers throughout history and they struggle throughout their rookie year and sometimes even throughout their second year so yeah i love your take on cease absolutely being that guy uh is there anybody else that sticks out to you like maybe in the minor league system um you know the one that came onto the i think a lot of our radars was stever mm-hmm. right see how quickly maybe not how quickly he can move up but see if he can become a starting option within a year or two that would be um, huge, honestly. Yeah, so he was the other one I had in mind. Yeah, it's uh, is it is it's it crazy Stever to say or Stevers it's with an Stever. S? It's no S at the end. Okay, so but that's, that's, that's be, yeah, <laughs> my bad. Um, he he really has rose. Uh, he kind of climbed up on everybody's radar. I was not, you know, he was not on my radar at all right. until May. What's cool is that everybody, like all the players like talk about him and say he's like really good and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of cool to hear. The stuff is there. He's fifth round pick out of Indiana. So he's played in a competitive Ugh, Indiana. I know, but competitive <laughs> division and, and that's our conference. Pardon me. I'm thinking ba- MLB baseball now, <laughs> but that being said, we, uh, we can definitely, Oh no, don't pour another that. shot for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to see a couple of other guys emerge as pitchers because it's kind of thin down there. 
you know, yeah. with these that's, starting pitchers. So that's really well said. Is is that like we have a super top heavy farm system, and I think people forget that right. it's like we have these great top end like you know Luis Robert, um, freaking that's it. Um, <laughs> but like outside of that, it's like we have like a bunch of like top hundreds or whatever, and then. Like crickets, a handful of top you know? hundreds, and I think that's what separates the Braves of the minor league systems and the Rays. Padres and the Rays is they definitely have a little bit more depth. Um, in especially terms of if they if their top hundred don't hit, they've got other right. guys. And especially in regards to the Braves, they have so much pitching; it is insane. So I'm really hoping that the arms. I'm really hoping that the arms really we can develop them. And with Don Cooper, yeah. I'm not super confident. <laughs> that's another <laughs> another conversation, too. So, All right. another podcast. Spe- speaking right? of which, yeah, actually, really let, me, let me throw this out really quick. I know this, is, this isn't a question we planned on, on touching, but if you were to cut anybody from the coaching staff or hire a... a with the exception of Jerry Reinsdorf passing away <laughs> unexpectedly oh, <God. laughs> uh, and the White Sox then passing ownership onto somebody else that's willing to spend money, who would you cut from the front office or from our coaching staff or from the development staff? Well, that is a great question. Um, and because I think I have bought in with, with Han and do still think he can be the one to put this thing together, competitive team. I think Ricky does deserve, well, maybe not deserve, but should be okay with a better squad. It's that third base coach. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God, Nick Capra. Nick Capra is <laughs> awful. <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. Well said, sir. Well said. So with that being said, do you think, just a, a quick follow-up question, do you think that Cooper – uh, in regards to possibly his bullpen success, should still keep his job, or Steverson, obviously the batting average is high, but if you ask me, the on-base percentages don't make up for it. Those guys are safe going into next year? I've never felt that I had enough knowledge to really go there as far as um, the pitching coaches and managers, like the value to a team, but you know, it does seem like there are some more advanced things that could be done with pitching, and I'm not really sure where that blame would go. Mm. Um, so it's it's tough for me to say that Cooper should maybe go or Renteria at this point. Mm. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, there are definitely a lot of decisions that I disagree with on Ricky. Ricky's boys don't quit. Oh, gosh. Oh, there's hot take, Tommy. But <laughs> personally, I think I I really wouldn't mind if Ozzy Gein came back. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's I mean, that would be glory days if if anything else. But I mean, he doesn't have a coaching job. That is very true. He's available. We'll leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, most definitely. All right, I have one final question for you. Uh, and this is just for kicks and gigs. What do you put on your hot dog? And what's your favorite part? Or what's your favorite ingredient of the ones that you put on? 
And I'll pause right there and say not dour hot dog day because obviously <laughs> I don't put condiments on my hot dog and I use a dunk cup for a reason oh, because God. I'm trying to consume as many as I can. So on a normal, if you're just going to eat one, maybe two hot dogs, what are you going to put on it? Mustard, the grilled onions, mm-hmm. and then I usually put a few of the cold onions on there. Interesting. Ooh, double try up it. the it's onions. A good combo. Wow. Okay, There's a lot of people at the park that have liked it. Explain the cold and the warm onions together. I don't know. It was something I just think I did once. Mess it around, and uh, the contrast is fun. It tastes good. So, just my own little personal favorite way to eat a dog at the park. Okay. I will remember that for a non dollar hot dog. Yeah. Day. I got to try that. You're trying to enjoy instead of <laughs> consume mass amounts. So. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, if nice. you're definitely in the ballpark there, I will be probably shoving a hot dog down my throat. But once again, that <laughs> entire weekend against Detroit, um, I'll definitely be there Friday and Saturday. So if you're in the ballpark, those games either too. I'll definitely be there. So of of those, so you're, you're not doing – okay, so we have a Tigers fan yelling in the background over here. Screw you. Okay, um, I don't know if you caught that, but um, – but that means you do you don't necessarily go pickle you don't necessarily go relish uh, stuff like that. I don't, I don't not even not anymore at the park. I just go that way. Right? No, it's at the park. It it is kind of a chore to get like you got to open up the Heinz packet and spread it out, <laughs> and you know I I understand for sure. Well, hey, yeah. Hayes, thank you so much. Mr. Hayes. Mr. Mr. Hayes, Hayes pardon me. I should be <laughs> much more formal than I actually am, as I just saw Eloy hit an absolute dinger. Oh, that guy center. is gone. We may be down five to three right now, Hayes, but nonetheless, Eloy just hit an absolute bomb, and that is, it. they just marked Whoa. it as Adam Engel hitting a home run, which is really funny. So that's actually hilarious. <laughs> Thanks, WGN. Thank you, Sports. WGN. <laughs> um, seriously, though, Hayes, Mr. Hayes, thank you so much <laughs> for joining us today on the podcast. We really appreciate it. We appreciate all your support. Uh, and we again, appreciate your level head and your just genuine attitude on Twitter. Seriously, seriously though, uh, you are a great addition to. White Sox Twitter. So thank you so much for everything that you input on there. Thank you both. Keep going, and we'll see you at the ballpark real soon. Hell Most yeah, we owe man. you a shot, bro. For sure. Shot him more on me. For sure. Take care, guys. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much. Have a good night, guys. My name is Hot Take Tommy, and, and I am Drunk Shy Sox fan. But I'm the drunk one. You are the very drunk one right now. And more we had well, two if you didn't, Tom. here's here's the he thing. Officially, you know, Two Shot Tom is gonna be your new Twitter name. Hey, drunk. Yeah. This is this is the thing. Hey, drunk. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna call you from I'm now drunk. on. Drunk. Hey, drunk. Yep. If you didn't say all that being said as much as you did, I'd be fine. You know what? I really uh, uh, most episodes. If you go back on old episodes, I say eight, nine times. So I did a pretty good job of restraining myself tonight. All I know is that I'm drunk, so this is your fault. 
Apologies, I guess. Don't nah, lie to me. Really. Don't lie to me. Nah, because I love Malort shots. Shout out to Malort. Malort, please sponsor us. And uh, we just got off of a fantastic interview with the Mr. Hayes. Amazing interview. I have nothing to say about it other than it was great. Fantastic. So it was so. fantastic. Um, yeah. So re-listen to it. I have no comments about it. It was wonderful. There were plenty of comments made. Yes. So, the closing man thoughts, Tom. Todd, follow him if you haven't followed him already. Yeah, it's Shy Sox Hayes. He also runs a web account. Uh, at oh, my Shy Sox. At my Shy Sox, please follow him. Um, he it's he's all of the. Sorry to cut you off. He collects all of the podcasts, mm-hmm. articles, mm-hmm. all of that onto one single website. Which is a really great thing if you're a Sox fan. You want to hear from resources other than MLB.com yes. or The Athletic or anything other that may cost you money or is ridden with ads. Fantastic. Now, um, last thing, I really want a Euro right now. So a I'm Euro. planning on getting that. But um, Rebuilder Bust. In on we trust. Have a great one, folks.